Parts? O'Reilly Auto Parts has parts. Need them fast? We've got fast. No matter what you need, we have thousands of professional parts people doing their part to make sure you have it. Product availability. Just one part that makes O'Reilly stand apart. The professional parts people. Oh, 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 O'Reilly Auto Parts. What's going on, everybody? Welcome back to the big thing uh i have really enjoyed it's funny because you guys know how much i was talking about that i i didn't want to do digital interviews anymore and i didn't want to do i want to do in studio stuff because of the vibe and then i want to beat my own fucking words because uh i've gotten so many great guests recently and some people that i couldn't have gotten in studio and today is no different frankie kazarian is here ladies and gentlemen you know him he's the first ever AEW tag team champions been around um and he's he's I think one of the guys instrumental in in all the AEW success when you look at any of the guys that are that are that were there uh when when the thing started that is a badge that's a badge of honor and they're making punk rock right now AEW so and we're also going to talk to Frank Frank's got a, a band and they have a song called No Mercy it's his band Gutter Candy that we're going to talk to him about and he's he's well he he's already I was talking to him beforehand and he's very much singing a lot of my language. We're going to talk '80s wrestling on this show. We're going to talk about Cobra Kai on this show. We're going to talk Star Wars. So it, it, you know you know how I'm gonna I'm gonna geek out on this one for sure. But before you do that, I got to ask you you got to show some class just a little bit, just an ounce. That's all I'm asking for an ounce of class, and you got to do that by subscribing and hitting the notification button. Do that and Patreon. Hit it up, man. SCN Live's on there three months, three three times a month. We got the rewatch of The Thing, finally. Told you, finally going to do that. Some bonus episodes, all of it. But enough about me. It's the big thing. It's Frankie Kazarian. Let's do it. What's up, everybody? Welcome back. I'm excited, man. Let's do it. Let's get right into it. He is the first ever AEW Tag Team Champion of the World, AEW star, Frankie Kazarian. Let's bring him in. Yo, what's up, man? What's going on, Matt? How are you? It's good to have you, brother. I appreciate it because we've been talking kind of back and forth for a little bit. And, and finally, and you were so kind to to um, be able to. I know you, you were traveling. You were doing some stuff. And we were trying to get this done. And, and the fact that you were able to do it, I appreciate you coming on today. Oh, my pleasure, man. We first started talking literally months ago and then try to put something on the books in the last couple months. And it just, because of traveling and scheduling and just all types of stuff, uh, just got pushed back and back, but I'm glad we finally both had a day to do this, man. Really, really looking forward to this. Same here. Um, and I'm going to, it was funny because I always ask my guests before they come on, like what they're watching and it can be anything. And you said to me, which was music to my ears. You're like, I watch when I, I, I watch eighties wrestling and I go, dude, that is, that's my, that's, that's what I fell in love with. That's the reason, um, and we haven't really had an opportunity to speak. My my audience is 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 bored to death with the fact that I I wrote for WWE very 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 briefly. Right. Um, but um, it was the golden era that got me into it. And I just over the weekend watched the 1989 Royal Rumble with my daughters, and it was the first thing. And it's like playing an old school video game, man. Just watching all those great, those classic wrestlers. What what do you remember that one pretty well? Uh, so 89, so that would have been the third one. Second, um, second, right? Isn't it the second? second? Uh, 
I'm sorry, second. Yeah, because the first yeah, one yeah. was USA in 88 before four. That's yeah. right. Hacksaw right, right, Jim right. Duggan. Yep, Hacksaw Jim Duggan on, on USA Network. I remember That's watching right. on USA. Yeah. Yep. And on, on only 20 guys, I think, not 30. I was it 20? Yeah. And then they moved to the 30, and that was like the, that was like the, and there's no music. For people when they got announced, you just it was just a crowd either booing or popping or whatever, and and just waiting. It was I I geeked out. I've seen that one so many times, but I geeked out watching it again because it starts off with Axe and Smash going after each other. And that I remember watching that as a kid, and um, they did have entrance music because that was that was the pop. Yep. It was first. It was it was you know those Rick Derringer chords. <laughs> and it was like and Howard Finkel and now the man who do number two and those and just I remember freaking out like oh my god these guys have to fight each other yeah and, and, and that was what it, that set the tone that set the tone for the Royal Rumble going forward for the next thirty years you know it really did and I think that the other thing that really set the tone was the excellent commentating by um by jesse ventura and grilla monsoon who set it up as like they they just are they going to do it are they going to go at it and like. Their answer yep. your question. They're going right at it, and then they're yep. beating the shit out of each other. And then number three is Andre, yep. and it's like they and they just turn around and they dropped them. And this got to a point where Andre, because remember for a long time it was like impossible to drop Andre, and then everybody started dropping Andre. Yeah. Warriors started dropping Andre, like everybody started dropping Andre. But but yeah, man, just watching the legends of like Bad News Brown, like Ronnie Garvin comes in at one point. It was it was it was something special for me. Those pay-per-views and those Saturday night's main event, it's comfort food. Yeah. Uh, just hearing Gorilla Monsoon and Bobby or Gorilla Monsoon and Jesse or Vince and Jesse, it just, it, it brings back such comforting memories. And uh, it's just stuff I go, go to on a regular basis to this day. I love that. I mean, that's, it's, it's to me, there was, it still is my favorite, my favorite time. Yeah. And yeah, there, there, yeah, there's a, there is, there is superhero type, you know, cartoonish stuff about it, but I, I dig it, and I and I and I just thought there. That's why I got to be honest. Why when when AEW was announced, um, when it started, because I I had an opportunity. Like Jericho came in, and and Cody came in when I was at Collider, and and I and I talked to him, and, and Ryan Satin was at Collider for a while, and I was talking to him about all the stuff that was coming out with AEW, and I said what I'm excited about was more or less like the old school kind of down to the wrestling side of it, and it's it seems like there's more power to the wrestlers which I really like, and there's more freedom. I mean, you're there. Do you, do you agree that that's, that's, that's perception is reality? Yeah. I mean, uh, you have a direct line with the boss, which is not always the case in pro wrestling. Um, you know, you, if you have something on your mind, if you have something creatively that you would like to get out there or pitch, you have a direct line. Uh, it's not like you have to go through channels. There's one guy you can go to and he's willing to hear you out which is great. And we, we have since day one, AEW's emphasis has been on uh, the in-ring product. And that's what, you know, a lot of fans were missing with other, other pro wrestling. So I, we, yeah. we tried to, uh, we tried to right out the gate, you know, set the tone with that. Did you know, did you feel like from, from the second that because you were there from the start? So like, did you know that, yeah, this is going to be something special or is, or was like, Hey, I got to take the gig right now. Cause it's, it's what's in front of me or is a little mixture of both. Uh, no, I, I knew, uh, I was fortunate enough to be kind of in on the ground floor before there was a ground floor. like in the early developmental stages, like, like a long time ago. And, uh, no, I knew this was going to be something special because of the players involved because of Tony and his knowledge and his passion for the product because of the potential television partners involved. 
you know, I uh, was at a point where my contract was coming up and I could have stayed with Ring of Honor. I could have gone elsewhere, uh, but I chose to put all my eggs in this basket. That's how much I believed in it. And yeah, uh, and, uh, yeah and and all the other guys that I mentioned, the first nine guys assigned were, you know, like Cody and and uh, and uh, Kenny and the Bucks and and Jericho and CD and Sky and myself and with that just those guys alone and Tony and everything he had in plan I was I was all in you know pun intended yeah that's awesome man yeah. so did you and so how did but how did you get involved with those guys in the first place before all that too is it just from just from being around it and and making relationships and yeah I've I've uh, I've known the Young Bucks since they were fans you know the Young Bucks used to come to independent wrestling shows that I was on early on and I and uh when they first started um became friendly with them because they were SoCal guys and you know they what they've done speaks for itself but once they reached you know they they came to TNA for a bit and we kind of reconnected there and they went off in Japan and blew up and became sensations and we reconnected in Ring of Honor and in Ring of Honor we became traveling partners and really really good friends and uh, same could be said for Cody when he came on and, and Kenny and, 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 uh, and uh, Adam page. And basically it was through ROH where we all kind of, we all kind of formed this bond and, and Jericho too, like Jericho, once he came on board, he was just, he fit right in. Yeah. He really, I mean, you could tell, I mean, I remember talking to him beforehand and now I have, I have a pretty good relationship in general now too. And just the passion for, and he, you know, you know him, he just, he doesn't, he says, he says what's on his mind and, and kind of, and gets out there and, and promotes, and he doesn't bullshit. You know, he's, he, he talked about AEW and what it could be and the reason why he went there in the first place. And it certainly has translated to that and what you guys are putting out there. So it's, um, it's really, it's really pretty special to be involved in that at the moment for sure. Yeah. It's, it's cool, man. It's, it's, it's so crazy to look back on how much the landscape has changed in pro wrestling. When you look back even five years ago, but like 10 years ago, it's completely different. Like the, the business has changed and evolved. It's such a quick pace. It's almost hard to keep up with, man. It, it's, 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 well, it's like streaming almost, right? It's like, there's, yeah. it's like, there's so many streaming because look, and, and, you and I did you? I mean, did you follow? I mean, obviously, golden era is, is our our thing too. And then I I fell out of it for a bit. And then I got when I was in college, I got back in through Attitude Era and all that. Um, but throw so and the reason I bring that up is because during that time, the WCW, the Monday Night Wars, and everything that that was going down. Do you get? I mean, obviously, competition breeds even better product right and that's that is clear by what's going on today but do you get nervous at all uh or do people get in with both you guys with with the aw getting nervous because you're like okay look let's yeah we're, we got a momentum right now and we're doing really good but let's let's not follow like the sins of the past let's let's because there's a lot of new people coming in there's a lot of people coming in there's a lot of contracts that are of of wrestlers that are available now and and so as someone in the company, are you looking going, okay, we got to let's, let's just stay the course because we don't want, you know, it is WWE is a beast. And yeah. right now you guys are, you guys are the hot, you guys are the hot thing. There's no doubt about it. Yeah. I, uh, personally, like I, I understand like all the contracts and, you know, AEW has signed a lot of people and I understand the philosophy on why they sign those people. But I, if it were me running it and it's not, I would be hesitant to sign that many people because of things that have happened in the past. Right. Because you've, you've seen companies that had, you know, 150 guys under contract and only 50 were being used. And, you know, um, 
Uh, obviously, that's a decision they've made, and that's the way they want to conduct business, and I respect that. But uh, yeah, I mean, you got to be careful because you have a lot of guys, a lot of talent. Look at all the people that we brought in. I mean, they all speak for themselves. They're all stars. They're all incredible wrestlers. Uh, but you do have to be careful that you know you're going to have a good portion of guys that are capable and are good and are favorites of the audience that they're just not going to see because because there's only two hours of television time on Wednesday, one hour on on Friday, and the various shows on YouTube. Uh, but they seem to be handling it all okay for now. And again, that's not for me to judge, but that's just me personally as an insider looking from the outside. I could see while, how that could get a little muddy. Well, that's why I asked because it's just one of those things that you guys, are, it, it seems like right now it's, it's doing it right. And you always worry like, okay, there's this momentum. But you speak of that, how they bring people in. You actually had an opportunity when, when Christian came in for his match. What a match that was, yeah. by the way. Phenomenal match. Really great match. And then you hit the flux capacitor. Yeah. Um, it looks like it's going gonna, it's gonna to go down. And then, you know, it just, it was such a great, a great match. And it kind of, you just, you, what I liked about that match was that you could really tell two guys, two pros who just knew how to not trying to one up each other, like really selling it to the crowd, making sure that it was, you know, putting each other over. And I thought it worked really well. So it just, it, it just kudos to that. It was a great match. Thanks. Uh, Christian is uh, first and foremost, a very good friend of mine. And I was uh, thrilled that he came there. Uh, he, he and I had chatted about AEW before, before that. And I had, you know, I had basically sold them on it and told them, you know, how, you know, all, all the really cool things that are, were being done and how it was run so professionally. And, and to be chose, chosen as his first opponent was, was an honor for me. Um, you know, he, he thought that would be a good idea. Tony thought that'd be a good idea. And I was thrilled and, and yeah, to be his first match, not only his first match of the company, his first match in seven years. Yeah. Which that anybody that's ever done this can tell you if you take seven weeks off, it's hard to, it's hard to step back in seven years. That's a lifetime. And he didn't miss a beat. And I'm yeah. not, I'm not saying that because, because he's my friend and so and a mentor and a peer and someone I respect. I'm saying that as someone that has done this for 24 years, he did not miss a beat. It's, it's unreal how he did it. Well, yeah. And speaking of like long layoffs, it's funny because like a week before punk came in for that, uh, I had him on this show and mm -hmm. I didn't, people were like, you're going to ask him. I'm like, he's going to tell me. He's gonna right. ruin. He's gonna ruin the surprise and tell. He's right. not gonna tell me. What am I asking for? I'm like, that's, right. that's silly. Um, but he shows up a week later. So speaking of someone who was out of the game for a long time, this yeah. is a guy who's out for. Do you, do you guys? You watching backstage? You know, just kind of because it's a massive moment. It's one of those like everyone's watching that 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 episode. Everybody's is has eyes on it. May, people that hadn't even, hadn't watched wrestling in years are tuning into it. And it was a it was one of the make or break moments for AEW, and it worked out tremendously. But um, are you guys in the back kind of like? biting the nails going hey, this guy let's 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 hope he still got it i mean i i wasn't i uh you know i kind of when i'm there i do my own thing i uh that day i mean we were in chicago i i mean all the stars aligned i knew that was going to be a you know a, a, the perfect storm of something really cool happening and i i uh a lot of times i i'm off doing my own thing sometimes i'll go and watch from a area kind of in the crowd where i can't be seen but i can see and i watched and i you could you know all the cliches, you could feel the buzz and the electricity and his music hit and the place came unglued. They, again, AEW gave the fans what they wanted. And uh, it was certainly, it was a special, a special night and a special reaction 
for everybody there, I can't imagine how special it was for him after being gone so long and to come back and to hear that type of ovation. Uh, but yeah, there were people, there were wrestlers and people like in the back tearing up, you know, it was, it was, so that, that shows you right there that it struck a chord with people, not only the fans, but wrestlers and various personnel backstage. And the other thing that I thought has been tremendous was the fact that, and, and as a, as an old school fan, um, like myself is, is that, um, staying man, the fact that Sting's able to do what he's doing. I mean, yeah. he's like 60 years old <laughs> he's like, and he's, it's, it's incredible. And when, and I, I, I talked to Bobby Moynihan and we were talking about how he was, he's on the show, Mr. Mayor now with, with Ted Danson. And I asked him, I said, because, you know, he's been around forever doing Saturday night live, everything he's doing, but it's still Ted Danson. Right? And he's, sure. just, he's sitting there like working with him. And I, I do you ever kind of, and I asked him, do you, do you like, do you say, Oh my God, that's Sam Malone from cheers. So when you're sitting there talking to Sting, are you like, oh my God, it's Sting, you know? I've I've had a relationship with Sting for a long time because of uh, being in TNA together right. for a right. long time, and uh, and he's uh, always been a class act. Uh, I've had the opportunity to wrestle him several times, and just always been nothing but the the coolest guy, the most humble, uh, giving individual. Again, when he's in there with you, no ego. He knows who he is. Uh, just uh, uh, honestly, a joy to have in the locker room. And it's funny when he debuted, I remember that, that night I wrestled Jericho in a singles match and he had the big surprise entrance. And I saw him right, right there before and shook his hand and stinger. And he's just like, ah, look at us. We're both still here. I just can't, they can't, I can't stay away. And uh, you know, and, and it's, it's funny because for everybody that criticizes like, Oh, he's, you know, he's 60 years old. Like, who, who gives a damn? He's sting. Sting. And, and I equate it to like, when you see somebody like a Sam Elliott come on screen and he's in the role of a badass, you believe that Sam Elliott could, could beat somebody's ass because he's so convincing. Like, so I'm like, you go ahead and throw that age stuff right out the window. Cause when sting comes up and he's in that paint and in that gear and in that trench coat, he's still sting. I don't care what year or what decade it is, to be honest. A hundred percent. He's made that yeah. gimmick work for a long time, yeah. man. And it's, it's iconic. I mean, it's iconic. He, he, and even, you know, he's, he's, he's talked about it after the crow came out and what he was do, but like, at this point, you don't even really equate it with the crow as much. You just equate it with with Sting, and yeah, it, yeah he's really has done it. Yeah, really. It's you know, younger fans when you say the crow character, they like, what is that? Because right. the crow came out in what the nineties? Yeah, like ninety four. You know, so, yeah, so it's like yeah, so like when they say the crow character is a crow character, that's just Sting. Like we all know, like my generation knows it as the crow character. Yeah, because crow crow was a hit movie and became big after Brandon Lee's passing, but. uh yeah, it's just that's the Sting character. A, a good portion of guys don't know the Surfer Sting other than archival footage. Oh, you know, it's, it's, it's weird to think that. Like we got, to, I love oh, that. me too, yeah. me too. But we got to see that transformation, and for a, 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 almost a couple generations of people now, all they know is this is this quote unquote Crow character Sting, which it's is true. wild. Yeah, yeah, it's wild. I, I just I remember my my favorite stuff was like him versus like Muta and all that stuff back in the day. Those were the like, oh, and him joining the Horsemen and Flair and all that. Oh, this is, this great moments. Stings, but Stings, Stings uh, is an icon, man. But um, yeah. So so tell me, frankly, when you got involved with in wrestling and and when was that? Was that that was that that was that early nineties or? So the my gateway into professional wrestling. You're talking about when I started in the business or when I started watching. When you started, well, I know you started watching more like the '80s and stuff because yeah. Golden. But like when you first started training, was that like mid '90s, late '90s? 
So I got into the business in, in uh, March of 1998, 24 okay. years ago. So yeah, so I uh, moved from here, Yucca Valley, California, to Malden, Massachusetts to be trained by Killer Kowalski. So oh, wow. I, I started March of 98, which will be 24 years. How do you do that, though? Like, how does that, how does that even happen? How do you just find, I mean, because, you know, you can't find Killer Kowalski. How do you get involved yeah. with it? So back then, this is... Um, the early days of the internet, but uh, I, when I was researching, did not have the internet. So there was a couple books you could send away from, from the aftermags on how to get in the wild world of pro wrestling. And one of them was written by Paul Bear or Percy Pringle. And, yeah. and basically what it was, was just like what to do to get into wrestling and, you know, where you get boots and how you conduct yourself. And there on the back, there was lists, addresses of wrestling schools, which I was like, what, there's wrestling schools? I didn't even, I was like, okay, I guess there is. Cause that's where you learn to do it. Yeah. And there was a couple that caught my eye. There was three of them. And, uh, one was the Hart brothers camp in Calgary. Mm-hmm. One was the power plant in Atlanta. And one was killer Kowalski's. Cause I knew killer Kowalski had trained big John stud and triple H and China, and Perry Saturn and John Cronus. So I actually, um, also, I also wrote a letter to WWF when I was, uh, God, probably 16, 17, as, uh, yeah, in care of Tito Santana, because Tito Santana was and is my favorite wrestler, asking if Tito Santana, T- Santana had any aspirations of training people. Needless to say, he never got back to me. But anyways... Uh, Have you ever I, met him? Did you ever meet him after that? No, I, I met him. I've met him one time at a at an independent show, and it was years yeah. ago, and it was kind of like in passing, and it was I, I didn't get the chance to really like say, hi, this is who I am, and oh, wow. you know, Thank you for so. If I ever get the opportunity again, I will. I, I kind of regret that. So hopefully, I get the chance to say, "Okay, man, thank you," because like you, you were my first favorite pro wrestler, and still are my favorite. Um, but uh, yeah, hopefully, I get that opportunity. But anyways, I met Bret Hart, and Bret had actually recommended Kowalski School to me, which I thought was odd since uh, I was like, "Why wouldn't he? Why wouldn't he recommend the Hart Camp?" And knowing what I know about that now, I do understand why. So yeah, that was Bret's recommendation to me, and that's that was like the gospel for me. So yeah. that's, well, that's man. Can I ask what do you, when you, when you say knowing what you do about it now, as I'm sorry, as, you said, you said knowing what you do about it now, you oh, just the, the hard camp. Like, uh, I mean, you know, like Jericho can probably tell you a lot of stories. Like he showed up, you know, like his stories, like he showed up on the first day and one of the hearts was there. I don't know if it was Bruce or Keith and, and they never saw him again. And there, there wasn't a heart camp. It wasn't, it wasn't stew in the dungeon teaching people. It was, you know, I don't want to say it was a scam because some amazing guys came from there, but it wasn't, you know, it wasn't what it was uh, advertised. Understood. So, you know, it was, it was not, you know, you weren't learning the, the heart way. Like it, there was, there was like a manual that the hearts had given and that was their curriculum and that's how they learned. But it wasn't you know, like Kowalski school was killer Kowalski teaching you what to do. Oh. So that was that was the difference, and the, the heart camp. You know, a lot like again, a lot of really talented people came from there, but it wasn't it wasn't as advertised. Understood. Okay, so this is something that's very important to me and to all of you. You got to be able to secure you guys, the audience, me, people I work with. It's very important to do that in order to to make sure that you're secured online. What I've been using lately is NordVPN. And so if you don't know what it is, it's a fast and secure service. It significantly boosts your online privacy and your security. NordVPN, it encrypts your traffic on both the web and the mobile, and, and you're not worrying about unsecure websites or apps. 
it's very important for me because especially if I'm kind of going out on doing studio shoots now or for doing live events, it's refreshing because I don't have to worry about, you know, unsecured public Wi-Fi networks. If I'm emailing somebody or if I'm managing any documents or if I'm talking to people on social media, I know that the phone and, and the laptop, it's secure. And NordVPN makes it very easy. You can switch your virtual location. You just do it with one click and you can access cool things, especially streaming stuff that's available in different parts of, of the world. Perfect example is Netflix overseas or Hulu or any of those things. It's it's great and it's easy. So here's what you do. Go to NordVPN.com slash big thing. That is NordVPN.com slash big thing. Grab your exclusive NordVPN deal by going to NordVPN.com slash big thing. Use that code big thing to get a huge discount off your Nord VPN plan plus one additional month for free and a bonus gift. It's completely risk-free with Nord's 30 day money back guarantee. So the link is in the description. So make sure that uh, you go and you do that Nord VPN. So, and then, so, so when you're training and so do you know right away, like you always hear, like, do you fall in love immediately or did you have to like get your ass kicked a bunch of times to kind of want to come back and do it and say all right let, let's let's keep on this thing fell in love immediately and got my ass kicked a bunch uh, <laughs> so the actual wrestling part of it came natural to me because i mean i'm uh was always an athlete but i just pro wrestling was so ingrained in me that they would just show me something and i would know because i've watched so much like i was obsessed with it so like the actual physicality of it came natural to me taking the bumps everything yeah it hurt like hell and you have to get used to like even hitting the ropes like bruises your ribs and stuff but like uh but yeah that all that all came natural like taking the bumps and the moves and the transitions and all that uh but back then you know late 90s it was still very protected and when new guys would come in you almost had to go through a oh okay do you really want to do this and And training consisted of getting getting the shit kicked out of you, man. Like, yeah. like a lot. But I would not trade that for the world because that, you know. Yeah, well, that's what you hear. I had I had Booker on recently. We were yeah. talking, and 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 I had asked him. I'd said, "Do you think it it is a lot easier now to break in than back then?" He's like, "Absolutely, it's easier now because there's just so many places. Whether it's the internet or different places. I mean, look, he's got reality wrestling. There's all these yeah. things that are." that you have a chance to break through and and what you're telling me is the way i've always heard the stories of like the old school way it's like there's a few places they would beat the piss out of you in order to do it to also to haze you but also toughen you up to say okay if if, because you can be in a match like this man you're in one one of those old pros that have been around for a bit and you think you're calling your spots one way and that old pro might change it on you in a heartbeat you got to go with it yep absolutely yeah and like you know there there was the blow-up drills and the and the, and the ass kickings and all that. And I saw guys come and go, not yeah. just in the school over the course of my career. I've seen so many guys come and go and so many guys come in that looked like they had a ton of potential, you know, physicality wise and everything. And just couldn't, couldn't cut it. Yeah. Uh, sometimes, you know, I, like I tell a lot of people when they ask advice, like you got to have a thick skin to be in this business, a thick skin. You cannot let stuff bother you. Because you are going to go through a lot of stuff, a lot more mentally than you will physically in the long run. Yeah, and, I'm, uh, yeah, a lot, yeah. A lot of people, j- just the same way it is in uh, movies and television and and theater. You know, you have to be a mentally pretty strong individual to have longevity 
in the entertainment industry. 100%. I mean, you, and you got to have, it's not, it's not just about the tools, right? Just it's about, it's about being savvy. It's about for longevity. It's about being savvy because there's, you look at, like we just mentioned, like a guy like Sting, you know, yeah. like you, you've got to really know the business inside and out to be able to last that long. And, um, and yeah, so it, it makes a lot of sense. And, and also coming from, from the old school camp that he comes from, but yeah, talking about the old school. Um, so let's, let's who's, and this could actually, it doesn't necessarily have to be an old school answer, but who do you, who's your, and same questions that I asked Booker T and you mentioned Tito other than Tito favorite wrestler of all time other than Tito. Um, yeah. So Tito, Tito is actually the first wrestler I ever saw on a, cause my first thing I ever watched was WrestleMania one and he's the first match. So maybe that has a lot to do with it, but yep. so I always gravitated to guys that had that style. So early on, um, Yes, the Hulk Hogan's and Roddy Piper's were attractions, and I enjoyed watching them, of course. But uh, like when I saw like the Macho Man, I'm like, okay, he does a little more cool things. And when I saw guys like Bret Hart and Davy Boy Smith and the Dynamite Kid and Ricky Steamboat, like I immediately gravitated. I always say I gravitated towards the Intercontinental type wrestlers because that's those were the matches I looked forward to most. The Kurt Hennings and the Bret Hart's and the Kerry Von Erich when he was there for a bit and. And uh, like I said, the Tito's and then, uh, you know, like those type of guys, like I always, I guess, yes, the smaller guys at the time, but the guys that I thought were having the coolest matches. It's a crime that Mr. Perfect never got the, uh, the, the main title. It was a crime. Uh, I couldn't agree more him and Rick rude. Another guy that both, yeah, uh, you know, if, if they were around in, in today's uh, wrestling environment, they would stand head and shoulders above pretty much everyone out there based on, look ability speaking skills like it just yeah you're right a crime it's a crime it's a crime and i was watching as i was watching that 89 rumble it was it was actually pretty pretty magical to watch because there's a very young Shawn michaels that pops in in there and like him and kurt henning are going at it and you're just like people like when you're watching in 89 you don't realize what you're watching you don't realize it let's you like and you watch it now and you're just like they like they don't make them like that anymore. Like no. Kurt Henning, he's, I mean, he's, that guy should have had a title run for a very long time. Right. And getting back to what you said earlier about how you, back then it was, you know, a lot more theatrical and cartoonish, but it, oddly enough, people bought into it a lot more back then. You know, I mean, I know it's, it's, we're 30 years, 35 years later and, you know, kind of the, the, the wool's been pulled and everybody yeah. knows what it is, but, uh, even with all those cartoonish figures and and the theatrics and the and the glamour of it, like people bought in to everything they were giving them. One hundred percent. I remember, and I'm sure you do as well. Like when Hogan and and Savage went at it at WrestleMania five, like that was before, as you mentioned, before the the curtain was uh, was pulled, and and but it was also before the 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 big steroid case and all that stuff too, and and. Yep. People still, it was, and it was before the sports entertainment moniker was even put out there. So it was that Hogan versus Savage WrestleMania five that I remember the hype on that being just as big as like a Tyson fight coming out. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. When the warrior fought Hogan at six in Toronto, like same time I remember in high school, it felt the same way when like, uh, when it was sugar, sugar Ray Leonard and, and, and Hearns going at it or something. It was, it was massive. It was massive. So you're right. Everybody bought into it because nobody knew what was going to happen. Nobody, it's like people would say, Oh, it's, 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 everyone knows the outcome. It's scripted. It's this, it's that. And you're like, I don't know, man, you can't really tell it. You're right though. People bought into it 
way more than now because there there was because the secret kayfabe was held a lot more i think so yeah and they were box office attractions and i think a lot of that has to do with the fact that there was back then only three or four pay-per-views a year i mean that that made them very special events you know that that obviously changed because the business model and the way we consume entertainment has changed but boy those first few years when there was just those four big pay-per-views yeah all of them and especially like a wrestlemania all of them were mainstream attractions let's see if we're on the same page so booker and i are on the same page let's see if you're on the same page greatest wrestlemania match of all time this is funny this is uh this is asked so much and talked about so much just with amongst my buddies and guys in the back and guys in the locker room and I remember having this discussion with, I think it was Al Snow, and he was asking what the best match of WrestleMania 3 was, and all of us are Savage Steamboat. It's maybe the best WrestleMania match of all time. And he goes, well, I disagree. He says the best match was Hogan and Andre, because Hogan and Andre is what brought all those people to that place so those guys could have a good match. And I'm like, okay, that's one way to look at it. But but yeah, asking from an in-ring, I mean, there's, I mean, for me, I, I don't know if I could pinpoint it on – one but a couple i'll give you uh savage steamboat is kind of a canned answer for people of mine but that's still one of my favorites um you can't discount hogan and rock because uh that match personifies what pro wrestling is i think better Mm -hmm. than better than any other match because never in a match have the fans been more invested in two characters not wrestlers two characters yeah and that match proves that because the place was on fire for that match. Uh, another personal favorite of mine because I was there uh, was the Bret Hart versus Shawn Michaels Iron Man match. Oh wow, you were that? Uh, okay. Yeah, I was there. I was in the crowd, um, Mania twelve. And I know a lot of people don't like Iron Man matches. Um, I at the time was just so obsessed with with good wrestling and technique that, and those were those were two of the best, arguably two of the best ever. Uh, and so I was, I have a soft spot for that one. Um, uh, yeah, like so in ring. Uh, another one I was there was uh, I was actually employed by the WWE at the time, so I watched it kind of from the crowd. Was uh, Shawn Michaels versus Kurt Angle, oh, okay. twenty one, okay. uh, which was first time those guys ever got in the ring together, and remarkable, outstanding match. Just two of the best storytellers we've we've ever had the privilege of watching. I agree. Those are all great ones. Um, yeah. and Savage Steamboat to me is still is still you know whether I'm I'm definitely part of that can't answer because like I I just I watch that match maybe two three times a year. Uh, is that your I, number one? Is that your number one? Easily, easily. Yeah, okay. It, it is just the some of the best storytelling and 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 just a just a master class, just a master class. I love that. I love that match so much. And it was and I and and you have to turn Savage baby face after that because how do you how do you keep him heel how do you keep him heel at that point after a match like that after what he just did um and it was made a lot of sense of why then he got a, a title run after that um sure yeah there's so much but i think that, that that and it's funny you mentioned Hart and the one that you were at the iron man match i actually really i like iron man matches when it's people like that that are doing them right yeah. so that was a great one i always the one that i had never seen because after i left um wwe i took a break for a long time and and I and then after because I started a, a show called Movie Trivia Schmodown, which infuses movie trivia with 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 wrestling, oh, yeah. and um and I started watching again, and I went back and watched a lot of the sh- stuff that I had missed in the past, um and I 
had heard all this stuff about how Taker and Shawn Michaels was the best of all time. Great match. Yeah. I mean, just a great match. And I don't know if maybe if I was watching, if I had seen it when it was going down, then maybe I would have felt different. But I said, it's a great match, but it still doesn't touch Savage and Steamboat for me. Uh, yeah, agreed. I neglected. I completely forgot about that one. But yeah, those both of their matches were, were phenomenal. Both. Yeah. And again, it's like two of the best, two absolute icons. Uh, yeah, that that's certainly up there. It is. All right. So switching away from wrestling for a second, we were talking about it. Um, where I had asked the stuff that you are watching and you're a star Wars guy like me, Cobra Kai, you're watching. So you're watching book of Boba Fett right now. I am watching book of Boba Fett right now. Yes. You, you're, are you all caught up? I'm Cause I'm all, I'm, no, no, no. I'm all caught up to, as of last Wednesday, the, the, uh, the, the, the yeah. Grogu and all that. So spoiler alert people. Yeah. yeah that's a big spoiler. So anybody and check time codes. We're going to yeah, talk about yeah. spoilers here in book of Boba Fett. So you ever watched it by now, man, it's your own fault. Come on. Uh, 100%, I agree with you, but you know, you know, you know better than anybody, Frankie, how the internet is. So, um, so, uh, yeah, man. So this is, uh, to me, I, I don't have an issue. There are a lot of people who do saying that it's the book of Boba Fett. And yet he's, he's only in so far four episodes out of the six. Uh, so what's going on and blah, blah. I said, I'm watching a star Wars show. That's, that's the main thing for me. And it's like, and it's, and it's two. And, and they already said in interviews that this is Mandalorian 2.5. I don't give a shit. You want to tie it up at the very end of it. As long as it's put together, I just got to see Luke Skywalker and that, and that deep fake stuff was nuts. It looks so good. How did, did you enjoy it? Uh, absolutely enjoyed it and i had uh probably five six people wednesday morning text me have you watched bubble fit yet people that i talk about star wars I go, no 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 i haven't like people i saw later in the afternoon have you watched it yet? no i haven't text me with you like okay so i'm like i have to watch this and so i was assuming something big happens and yeah when i saw it a big pop obviously and uh, and I, I was just thinking like watching it how remarkable it was and like just imagining what we could do now. Like it's like the possibilities going forward with, with Mandalorian and Boba Fett and the Kenobi show, like it just anything's possible now. It's, it's unbelievable. And Boba, the book of Boba Fett, like, again, this is spoiler, but you know, we see him crawl out of the pit and like, that's something I've been reading about since I was a little boy like or reading in the novels or hearing about or reading in comics and to finally watch it. It's, 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 it's like that comfort food. I was talking about watching eighties. It's so cool. It's yeah, so not cool. Out? I mean, how do you not keep out watching it? There's of course, there's a, and that's, and it's also why again, blue in the face to the people who've been listening to the show that I've said, like, I, I, I preferred star Wars television over star Wars movies all day long, because I just think that there's the, the what you just said, every oh, illusion. Oh, He was tired of hearing of it too. So I'll wait and see if he comes back. But while, while I wait, um, yeah. So we'll, so we'll sorry, man. You back? I'm sorry, man. I zoned out for a second. Yeah, sorry, bud. Where'd you go? Hold on, sis. Uh, I don't have a photo on it. Let's see where to go. Here we I go. have I can hear you, but you're in you're in audio only right now. Okay, let me let me. Yeah. If you if you sign out and then come back in, you should be good. One second. Sorry, man. Oh, good. You're all right. You're all right. There we go. Sweet. All right. Cool. Here we go. All good. So, um, so yeah, when I can't, when it, when it comes to, uh, for me, it's Star Wars, um, 
television i'll take it over movies all day long and i know to some people that's blasphemous because it's it's star wars it's what started the movie craze in general and the big blockbuster too and i and if you could and and i'm look if a star wars movie comes out i'm going to be there opening night to watch the damn thing but i'm just saying week to week to week i can watch the stories build and spend more time with the characters inside the galaxy what you just mentioned before frankie with the fact you see him come out of the the sarlacc pit and that's week one you don't like that then you get the next week one week later you get another big episode and then it's an episode you don't like well a week later you get luke sitting on a hill with with grogu so i mean yeah i and i agree with you and i i've this is a controversial take but i've said to my circle of buddies that are star wars guys and the the Boba Fett and the Mandalorian stuff has been, in my opinion, the best Star Wars stuff since the original trilogy. Uh, I am of the opinion that Favreau and Filoni, if those guys in an alternate universe would have had their hands on the sequels, I think they would have been much more defined, much more story-driven, and ultimately better. Uh, that's how much of a fan I am of the new stuff that they're doing. I, I don't uh, think that's a controversial opinion. I think that's starting to become the majority, to be honest with you. Yeah. The big, yeah. You know, the big word is what you just said before with what you guys do in AEW plan. It's all about a plan. If you have a plan and the passion and everything, too, that's that's what works. There was no plan with the sequel movies. And, right. saying, and I know people, some people who love the movies, and that's awesome. And that's great. And there's some great moments throughout it. But there's you cannot argue whether you love it or, or don't like it. There was no plan. There's clearly a shared universe plan in TV. Um, I, that last episode was, I agree with you, since Jedi, one of the best things of Star Wars we've seen in a very long time. Because it because it honored what happened in the past. It foreshadows what's going to happen in the future. It honored canon. I mean, it, it checks all the boxes. Yeah. Uh, it just, like, like these, these shows, they've been remarkable. It's, I'm, I'm so happy that I live in a time where I can, where I can see these stories told and not just read about them, but actually see the visualization of them. Yeah. Did you it's see the announcement? Cool. The, the, it was a kind of a leak um, by accident by one of the um, Disney plus executives last week that, that it looks like Kenobi's coming out in May. I did see, yeah, I did see a, a quick little blurb for that. So I'm on board. I'll be there. I'll be yeah. like, dude, like, like with everything, like it, it I can I can critique and talk about Star Wars, but whatever movie, whatever show, I'm going to be there day one. 100. I'm going to be there. I'm going to watch it, and I'm probably going to enjoy it. May I criticize it or give my thoughts on it later? Yes, but I'm going to enjoy it because I'm a Star Wars guy, and I'm grateful that George Lucas created all this stuff at the beginning. Yeah. So do you read you read all the comics and the uh, and the novels and stuff too? So not not all. I like when I was younger, I read a bunch of the books. I read the solo books. Um, the latest resurgence of the comics i got into a little bit but i'm i'm so bad about staying consistent with reading because of just time and stuff yeah, yeah. but uh I, I i've tried to keep up as best i can i've watched most of like i watched all of rebels i thought that was really well done uh i haven't watched the bad batch yet i got to get on that but like all the uh, live action stuff i've yeah i'm there usually on wednesday afternoon watching well, rebels is definitely one that is as good one to be caught up on because if you look at what's going because look at everything that just went down with that scene with Ahsoka and Luke, right? Like, you know, that's going to play in. People are thinking that maybe it's going to be like a retelling of those um, Timothy Zahn novels when we were kids, like after Return of the Jedi. That was the only kind of Star Wars that we had were those novels. Yeah, right. And people think there's going to be kind of a retelling now where Thrawn's going to ultimately be like the Thanos of the this. heel. Yeah. yeah. 
Yeah, like the major heel. So he's going to be the one with, with, through Ahsoka's series, and then maybe Luke gets involved inside of uh, of it, and, and the way that they are placing everyone through this thing. So, yeah, the connectivity of it is what's getting me for sure. And I, I just on this channel, I just posted an interview I did with Filoni in like 2017 or something, and, and he talked about that. He talked about the connectivity and how important it is to not treat it like – inside baseball stuff and not because that that's the problem i think with a lot of executives sometimes um that they go oh well the the mainstream fans are not gonna, it's going to be over their heads and they're not going to care they're going to care if you make them care right this and i i think what those guys have created in the mandalorian and the boba fett it has something that the prequels i'm sorry that the sequels were lacking and that's soul uh yeah, I, I'd, I'd even go so far as to say that uh, the prequels, as criticized as they are, I think they at least have a soul to them that I don't necessarily think was in the sequels. There's a lot of aspects of the sequels I liked, uh, but it just the soul of Star Wars is is so in these these Disney Plus shows that it's it's got me more excited than I'm as excited now going forward as I was when I heard the announcement of prequels coming out in. 97 or whenever I heard those, that news. They were able to get the excitement back for sure because after yeah. after Last Jedi came out, it was it was definitely a big divide with the Star Wars community. And for the first time in a long time, it feels like people are the majority of people are starting to get really excited about it again. Yeah. And that was that was that was, that went away for a little bit. And I'm glad it's back. But um the other thing, speaking of Star Wars and the stuff that I've I think has Star Wars, I think has uh wrestling all infused, and that's Cobra Kai. Oh, um so it, good. It's so good, and I and and like I said, I, and I know that we and we talked about it, kind of coming into it, that you you have a band. Tell me about Gutter Candy real quick. So Gutter Candy is my band. It's uh, something else I do. It's something else I like to do uh, creatively. We're a uh, kind of an '80s and '90s hard rock radio tribute band, um, but we also have a lot of originals, uh, uh, just very much influenced by Guns N' Roses, Motley Crue. Ramones, uh, stuff like that. I'm a metalhead at heart, but uh, th this band just we're a we're a fun act. We're like kind of in the vein of uh, of a Steel Panther. We have a, a pretty unique stage show, a lot of comedy thrown in there. But uh, at the end of the day, we're uh, a really kick ass, fun band to watch live. All right. So the name of the song, obviously, for your if you're a Karate Kid fan, is No Mercy. And before we get into all of it, we're gonna play you this song here. Um, Frankie was so kind of to let us play the song. Here it is. Here is No Mercy by Gutter Candy. Daily humiliation. 
Ladies and gentlemen, so there is no mercy by Gutter Candy, and thank you for uh, for letting us play that. I appreciate it, man. Hey, thanks for playing it, man. I appreciate that. Full disclosure: we, uh, we, I say we, myself and the lead singer Jersey Dagger are major, massive Karate Kid and Cobra Kai fans, and we wrote that song when the show first came out. We're like, let's write, 
let's write a song about that series and about the movies and let's write it as if like they're going to include it on the show. Like if like you, like the idea is like that song could be an infomercial for Cobra Kai, like the way the phrasing and the lyrics and everything for familiar with the movies and the show. Uh, we wrote it uh, just one hundred percent to go like, "Hey, here's gutter candy. Here's a song we wrote. Please use it." Has, has oh, sorry. Has uh, has John Hurwitz or any of the guys, the creators, have they heard it? So I I, I chat. I'm friendly with John uh, yeah. on Twitter, and we have chatted back and forth. And I, uh, oh God, it's been so long. Maybe a year or two ago, I uh, I told him that we wrote a song, and uh, and he uh, he had put me in touch with the musical director and I awesome. and, yeah, and I tried to, and I don't, I don't think I was able to get, get a, my message through to her or not. So I, I might, I might try again. Cause I, I mean, I think that if you listen to that song, I think it, it putting like a montage behind it. It's just it's so eighties. It's great. You can, it's that right. It's that it's got the feel of an eighties of an eighties uh, action movie song. And yeah. uh, it's just like, you could put, you, I could visualize scenes from the seasons of Cobra Kai and the movie in, without music playing in the background and those i mean and those guys i mean they just have such a great sense on they're the best man i was just it was so funny because today um at the time of this taping uh, there was a fan that tagged me and john on some post and there he made like shirts of cobra kai and it was like in the street fighter design right with all the yeah. but it, instead it had the it had all the characters from cobra kai so cool and and i said this is why john is so good at what he does and how connected he is with his fan base he wrote back to the guy and he's like i just purchased them and it's just like like That's there's so, so cool. yeah there's so many people out there and, and and it's hard to keep up with with everybody especially with that show now too that show is like such a massive hit john is so connected and and so, so are and so are josh and hayden as well too but they're so connected to their fan base so i'm sure like like when you said that you know you got in contact with them like i it, it, it doesn't surprise me that yeah. he's uh that he's listened to it too he's just such a good dude yeah, very gracious to even get back to me because I mean I I had started dialogue with him when the first season came out and he got back to me and which was really cool and yeah those guys that show's so well done because you could tell again going back to something having soul heart and soul yeah, like yeah. that show has it and uh, for me personally I was always a defender of Karate Kid three like that was always with amongst my circle of friends was always like yeah Karate Kid but three is really bad and I'm like no bullshit three is awesome. <laughs> I said three has Terry Silver, the single best heel in the history of cinema, the bad boy karate Mike Barnes. It's like it. So I, so see what happened in this last season. It's like ah, oh, it's like recompense for me. It's like I'll look at this like, and that, and all everyone's coming on. Terry Silver's back. I'm like oh yeah, all Terry Silver's back. All the the guy you thought from part three that wasn't the good one. Like it's like redemption. It's so yeah. cool. It's it. They really. I mean, his his character was just out of control. Good in this last one, and and he and I and I mentioned to them when I, I had him on this uh, recently, and I and I said to them that what I see, like they sing my songs in this thing. They have re it's wrestling, it's Star Wars. Do you see the wrestling comparison? You see all the heel turns and baby face turns and shit that's going down like all the time. I mean, it's like wrestling writing one hundred and one. Yeah, swerves. Yeah, there's swerves and Total. and 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 and. Uh, you know, baby face turns and baby face turns you think are going to happen that don't. And, right. and it's got, it's got just enough camp mixed with enough heart and action and, and soul and, and feeling. And just, it's, you know, this last season I thought was um, for me personally, I thought it was uh, maybe directed a, more towards a little bit of a younger audience, which is cool because that's probably the audience they're trying to reach. Uh, 
because they introduce a lot of new young characters yeah. and stuff and a lot more stuff and like involving high school dances and stuff like that. But uh, again, it's like, I I'm enjoying this as a man in my forties, as much as I enjoyed karate kid when I was a young eight year old kid or seven year old kid, whenever that came out. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely, man. I mean, that's, that's what they do so well in the show is that they're the, what they did. The smart formula. The first thing that they did was being able to do exactly what you just said. And that's take those people who saw it when they were a kid and all the lore and all that stuff that you really loved about it, get the nostalgia going and, you got those people, right? And but what then you need to do is then you have to get that younger generation. So you you have Miguel and Robbie and and Sam and Tori and all of them. And then you're like, oh, so like my daughter can watch it. Who's ten years old now? She can she can watch it and be and be into it. And there's that just that perfect blend. And because of these things that they're able to do, like you can have a really goofy scene in there that's just bizarre, and you're laughing about it and how over the top and cartoony it might be. And then the next scene, you get something like Miguel coming in and thank and 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 telling johnny that he loves him and you know i love you too and then he calls him robbie and it just breaks your heart like yeah. there's there's so many moments what they found inside of this it's it's not conventional television it really isn't and it's 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 why it's my one of my favorite shows on television right now yeah i could agree more and those guys and this is a credit to the writing they've created a show that you don't yeah it was sold as being a part of the karate kid universe but yeah I'm sure a lot of kids that are watching this have never seen any of the original films uh, because it, but they're still enjoying and loving it because it's that good because they're invested in Miguel and they're invested in Robbie and they're invested in the characters. Again, it all goes back to story and characters like everything else, pro wrestling, Star Wars movies, it all goes back to story and characters. And these guys have created very cool new characters, mixed them with some iconic um, archive characters and created good story. It's it's really it's real simple, but it's not, if that makes sense. But these right. guys, these guys, like you said, they have the formula down. It's total sense. And it and it and it the the thing that it you have to, and this goes back to the Star Wars conversation as well with Filoni and Favreau. If you care about it, you have the passion for it, the audience will see that and they'll feel that. If it's just a job and there's no plan to it, you'll you'll get you'll get sloppiness and you'll get, and you'll get the fans who right away like this. That's what these guys have done. They, they said it, this is their star Wars. They've said it many I, times over. I saw that these guys were on your show a while back. I watched that episode. It was, it was great. Um, and I know, I think they said that they already have the next season filmed. Yes, they have, they have, they have number five. Uh, well, the one they just wrapped, they just wrapped it. I mean, well, because remember when they did the last one, it was during the, the lockdown and everything yeah. too. So it was just, it, the things were just all over the place and they were able to pull off a really good season. I can only imagine what's going to happen with this one. Barnes is coming back. He's That's, that, that was my question to you. I was like, okay, do you think we see Mike Barnes? And I, I, I think yes. Also uh, going even further than that, because you go back and you look at the original movies and it's like, is Hillary Swank a possibility? So I think that's, I would love to see it. I think that's less likely to happen in this season. I Agreed. think they definitely Agreed. had conversations with her. If it is, it's like very similar to what they did with Elizabeth Shue and like a tag or, or they cheat her at the end of the, this season. But if Mike Barnes, does, I'm going to probably eat my words. If Mike Barnes doesn't show up in this season, I will do, I will jump off the top rope and land on my face with no one in the ring. Uh, uh, I, I, I do that. I do that. Even if you know, I do that for yeah, recreation, you, you get but, paid for it. Right. Yeah, I do. I do. I do now. Yeah. yeah. Uh, no, but yeah, I agree. I agree. That's, I mean, that's just looking at the story where it's gone. That just looks like the natural next step, but it's like, uh, you know, and I think almost, oh, they're almost out of characters, but then you can go back and like, his name's escaping me now, but 
Daniel's friend that he meets at the apartment from the first right. movie right. that he goes to the beach with. Like you could bring him back Freddy. in it. Freddie, Freddie, that's it. Yes. You could bring him back in a role. You know, you could bring there's still the other members of Cobra Kai from Johnny's, the original Cobra Kai. That's right. Well, that's what they said. And, and the guys said that too. They said if anybody they called the Miyagi verse, anybody that's ever been in it, they've either talked to or talked about or thought about bringing them back right so with and it could be right. michael ironside from the next karate kid it could be right. you know it's all these different places i everybody wants to see dutch come back but but chad mcqueen has said that he just doesn't want to do acting anymore and he's but yeah. but but the one thing is though they did say he was in prison it, right it, and yeah. priest yeah. is in prison so maybe if if there was ever a time to get chad mcqueen and dutch back it's it's this season yeah which is which is funny i remember when they said that i think they said that on the episode with the uh with the other with Mike where the one where he had cancer and everything. Yeah. yeah. Uh, it's funny. If you, if you know that original movie, Dutch was kind of the jerk that would end up in prison out of all yeah, of them. Like, yeah, I, I always hated that character. Just a yeah, smug jerk. He was, was so like, they're all jerks, but he was a, like him, especially. He was fantastic. He was, yeah. it was a great, he was. great deal. Um, well, Frankie, look, man, it was, a, it was a really a pleasure talking to you. We should definitely do this again, but, um, let me know like what, so what's going on with, so what's, do you have, you have your next match kind of planned out? What's, what's going on? Uh, just, I'm, I'm there and I'm with AEW. I'm there every week. Uh, oftentimes you'll see me on the dark or dark elevation or any of the shows. Uh, I'm there, part of the team and couldn't be happier to be there. So just if you're a fan of wrestling, watch AEW Rampage on Fridays. Watch AEW Dynamite on Wednesdays. Awesome. Thank you so much for joining us. And also, guys, make sure, please, and go check it out because you can you can get the, the Gutter Candy song, No Mercy. It's I listen to it on Spotify, but you can get it, I'm sure, on Apple and everything else too, Frankie? All, all, all streaming outlets, yes, sir. All right, and make sure you follow Frankie at Frankie Kazarian on Twitter, and I will put all the links in there and also put the link for um, for No Mercy in the description. But, dude, th once again, thank you so much, and hopefully one of these days when you're in town, we try to get you in an episode of Schmodown. That would be amazing. I would love to, man, say the word. Yeah, this has been a lot of fun. It reminds me of uh, our old mutual friend, Ken Natsak. Yeah. He used to have his podcast, and I used to do that a lot of times. Uh, so it's cool. It's cool, man. Anytime I can come on and just chat about – stuff like this 80s wrestling and star wars and karate kid it's you know it's just a conversation it's cool and i, I really enjoy these type of uh, interviews so thanks you, for having me man yeah, of course brother anytime you hit me up and we'll do it again but guys please check up check them out frankie kazarian aw and we will catch you next time but before you do it guys show a little bit of class will you just a little bit announce that's all i'm asking for subscribe notifications all of that there's Patreon, and don't forget about podcasts, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, anywhere podcasts are found. Make sure that you do that. All right, hit the comments. See you next time. Peace.